You're tuning in and turning on to the Inside Game with Mitch Newman. A chance to dig in and dig deep and how to move from all or nothing results, even sporadic results, to sustainable lifetime results in every aspect of your personal and professional life. Truth be told, none of us escape stuff. And what would it be like to effectively weather any season or storm that comes your way with determination, dignity, with grace, and gratitude? Knowing the truth of who you are will always carry you well across the finish line. So if you're ready to match your insides with your outsides, let's jump in. So the other day I got a phone call from someone that I've been coaching. And we were talking about the inside game. We were talking about what this looks like for them. And it was really what I what I reference, and, and this is part of what I do and part of my process is supporting people, coaching people, mentoring people through a process of developing their own specific, unique inside, what I call the inside game plan. People have game plans in a lot of different things that they do. This is a little bit more about developing a game plan for how one is going to be with themselves. We started talking about this and they were like, God, you know, it just part of it just sounds so overwhelming. Like it's just seems like it's so much. And I said, well, maybe you need to take a bite. Just take a bite. And it reminded me of a story, uh, an incident that happened, happened to me. Years ago, years ago, I decided I wanted to, I wanted to facilitate ropes course trainings for men. Felt like a really strong way of pulling men in to address some of the fears and concerns that mostly all men have about themselves, how they show up in the world or don't show up in the world. And I thought, what a great way to do it by putting men in a position to expose certain things that would be fearful because that's where a lot of stuff can shift when we unearth the fear. And I went to this company that I had done actually a ropes course training with. I watched some of the stuff that they had done and I said, Hey, I have this idea. I think this would be fantastic. Would you be open to, facilitating this and and I would also like to be because of my role to facilitate this as well you could handle the technical stuff and I'll handle the psychological stuff that comes up for people and they were like yeah let's do it let's do it they go you know I think it'd be a great idea Mitch if you would apprentice for a couple days and just See what we do. Understand what we do. Just be a part of the experience of what it looks like to set this thing up, to break it down, just to have a frame of reference that would potentially assist you in the coaching of all of this. And I said, you know what? That's a great idea. I love that idea. So I, I show up, Culver City Park, Los Angeles. It's a Saturday morning. It's the L.A. version of winter. It's cold enough that you can actually breathe out of your mouth and see a little bit of smoke. But it's really, for someone who is used to the warmth of Southern California, that was, 
that would to me was like bitter cold. I had been out in LA for 30 plus years at that point, blooded thin. So that was just, it was a very, to me, it was a very cold morning, but I was excited. So basically what I was going to do was I was going to hand things to other people who were facilitating the ropes course, get them equipment, do whatever I had to do kind of behind the scenes, an apprentice, you know, somebody who's just not quite there yet in terms of, um, being a lead. And I was great with it. Thought it was a really smart idea. And while I'm setting up some ropes and laying them out on the ground and getting some stuff together, and I'm just, they're just telling me what to do and I'm just doing it. The head guy, one of the owners of the company gets a phone call and I hear him. I can only hear his side of the conversation. They go, he's like, "Uh uh-huh. Oh man, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, listen, feel better. We'll figure it out. Talk to you later. And he gets off, he gets off his phone and he looks at me and he goes, Mitch, you're up. And I'm like, what? So-and-so just called. Uh, he's our other guy that we need. Uh, he is out of the loop. Uh, he's uh, not feeling well, blah, blah, blah. You're going to have to like jump jobs and really take over here and be a lead. And the fear swallowed me whole. And he said, first order of business, he goes, I'm going to have you climb up the climbing wall. And I look up, I'm looking up now. I look up at the climbing wall and it's like, I don't know, 50 feet, 60 feet. I don't even know. It's high. And I go and I, and I just get like, I go into like massive fight or flight. And the guy, look at the guy, and he's talking, and all I'm hearing is, whoa, 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 I hear nothing. And I'm trying to, like, get myself back in my body. I'm trying to get myself calm. And finally, I just said, hey, hey, stop, stop, stop. Please just stop for a second. Take a deep breath. I said, can you start over and tell me what you want me to do? Well, you're going to climb up this 13-foot ladder that's against the pole. We're going to strap you in. Don't worry. The straps that you're strapped into in the pole, they could hold a Buick. You know, you're you're completely safe. Um, then you're going to climb up the rest of the telephone pole. We're going to send down some some lines and so forth, and you're going to we're going to set up the climbing wall. So I go, okay, okay, <laughs> and I get over and I climb up the ladder. I haven't even I haven't even got my first leg on the telephone pole. I'm just on the ladder, folks. I'm just on the freaking ladder. And I look down and I am petrified. And he looks up and he goes, Mitch, just think this will be the last time. This will be the first time you're doing it. I was like cursing him. Everything that was coming out of my mouth. It was just, I, I don't even know who I was in that moment, but I was just calling him every name in the book. And he's laughing. He thinks it's hysterical. So I get to the get to the top of the telephone pole, and I look all the way up, and it's like, oh my god! And I look all the way down, like, oh my god! And I get onto that first rung of the pole, and I think to myself, just one step, just one step, Mitch. That's all. 
Because I realized when I look back, I look down, I'm looking back, I'm looking at my past. And when I look ahead and I look up, I'm looking at my future. And I realized that, that both were daunting to me. And I was frightened in the present moment and not seeing where I could possibly go with all of this. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to do one step at a time. And I get onto the telephone pole. I'm now above the 13-foot ladder. I'm on the telephone pole. I'm not wearing gloves. The metal spikes coming out of the telephone pole to climb on are freezing. The smoke is pouring out of my mouth. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to look up and I'm not going to look down. I'm just going to look straight ahead. And before I knew it, with one step at a time, one rung at a time, I was at the top and I was elated. I was absolutely thoroughly elated that what I had accomplished. Now, the getting down part, <laughs> I, had to, I had to get down. That's a whole different story. And I did. I felt so accomplished in that moment that I was able to not look back at my past, not look at the future, just stay present in the moment, one step at a time, look straight ahead and just go. One foot, next foot, next foot, and then I was there. And I had a little celebration at the top for me because it was spectacular. I looked at the view. It looked amazing. I, you know, it was just, I was really blown away with what I had done. Well, then they asked me to set up another event. And at this point, it was a little bit further, a little bit later in the day. And they, I had to climb up and I had to set up this line that people were going to actually walk across this wire. And I get to the top and the guys, I, the wind is howling. It is blowing so hard at this point. I can barely hear what he's saying. He's literally screaming up to me. This is how high I am. This is how much wind is going. He's screaming up to me. And he said, you're going to need to reach back and grab the carabiner the little hook that's behind you and pull it out in front and hook it onto this thing. So I started reaching for the carabiner and he said, no, 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 you're never going to reach it because you're going to have to let go. You're going to have to let go. And I was like, what? He goes, don't worry. You're fully strapped in. You're a hundred percent safe. You're good. And I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. And somehow I was determined that I was going to reach around. And somehow I did. And it was uncomfortable. And it was awkward. And it hurt. But somehow I avoided that next step. I avoided this letting go. And it came to a powerful realization when I was up there. For myself. Because. He wasn't really noticing it. At that point, he kind of walked away because he told me what I needed to do. And I was either going to do it or I wasn't going to do it. And I didn't do it. So I didn't, I felt a bit of, I, I felt a bit ashamed that I didn't do it because I was afraid. But on the one hand, I took a bite on the climbing wall. On this one, I just wasn't quite ready. I wasn't quite there yet. Now, years have gone by, and I know that I would let go at this point. The trust factor within myself 
is so much further along. And part, so much of the inside game is our willingness to trust ourselves. To trust ourselves to be consistent with an inside game, to trust ourselves to even develop an inside game, to trust ourselves that we're actually going to follow through because so many of us, so many of us don't trust ourselves past the logic of what it is that we know we have to do. Even the simplicity on certain levels of knowing what we have to do. We simply don't trust that we're going to follow through. And that's why so many people create sporadic results. And that's why so many people create all or nothing results. Because that trust isn't there. That trust in self is not fortified. But I realized something very powerful when I was up there. I realized that there's an interesting distinction that's happening. And it happens in every aspect of our lives. Is is this. The brain can't distinguish between the fear that protects you and the fear that prevents you. The fear that protects you would be, well, I'm not going to step off this curb in front of this oncoming bus and hope for the best. That's an actual fear, right? Logically, we would say, I'm not stepping in front of the curb. But at the same time, there was a fear that was preventing me. My brain couldn't distinguish between all I had to do was just sit back, sit back. Relax my arms, relax my body. I was, my entire body was strapped against this pole. I was locked in. All the logic was there. It made complete sense to me. But my brain couldn't distinguish between the fear that prevented me and the fear that protected me. In that moment, it was all protection. That somehow, if I let go when I was up there, that I was going to die, that I was going to fall. And at that point, at that place in my life, I wasn't ready to trust myself. So I had powerful distinctions of the fear that protects me versus the fear that prevents me. I had this dynamic awareness over time, and it's continued to this day, of trusting myself enough to develop an inside game, a strategy for myself that will allow me to put things into place that I can consistently do, knowing that in the moment, I'm going to feel better. And also in the moment, I may not necessarily have the, it won't need the attachment to the outcome that I ultimately desire, the thing that I'm looking to manifest, the thing that I'm looking to create, but trusting that it's on its way and trusting that because I've elevated my emotions and I have this strong intention around it as a mentor of mine has taught me over the years, that I can actually convince my body that it's already here. Just as I was able to convince myself that I was going to die if I let go, even though I wouldn't, I was convinced of that, I also had the opportunity to convince myself of a deeper truth, of a deeper honesty. And it all came down to trust. So when we develop an inside game plan, when we talk about an inside game plan, when we get going on an inside game plan, there's so many different things that we talk about. We can talk about, as I shared before, in a previous episode, I think it's the last episode about gratitude and gratefulness and all the different things and different ways that we can utilize gratefulness throughout the day to get us back to the present moment, to get us back to the truth of who we are and the truth of where we're going. To dismiss the old stories, the old beliefs, the old ideas. And to fortify with something more powerful, which is 
the truth of who we are and where we're going. So when I said to this client, just take a bite, just take a bite. Let's start small. Let's take a small bite, something that's palatable. I didn't do everything I was supposed to do or could have done that day on the ropes course. I didn't. I did one thing and I overcame something. The next thing I wasn't quite ready for just yet. Just yet. But I took a bite. And whether you think you're ready for all of this and developing a full-on inside game plan that you enact and put forth during the course of a day and to do it consistently, if you're not quite ready for all of that in this moment, just yet, that's okay. But we got to take a bite. We need to take a bite. We need to take a bite because that first bite starts to chip away at the parts of you that do not trust yourself. The parts of you that don't believe that it's possible for you. Because those are the parts that only get overshadowed by the ego when things are going really, really well. That miraculously appear when things aren't necessarily going as planned. When the money that was rolling in is suddenly not rolling in. When the accolades that were rolling in are not rolling in. So we're going to take a bite, one bite. We're going to rebuild that trust. That's where we're going to start. And we're going to do this together. We'll see you next time. So if you enjoy this episode and like what you're hearing, I would appreciate you subscribing to this podcast and consider sharing this as well with a friend who may have an interest in fine-tuning their own inside game. Any comments, reviews, suggestions, all are welcomed and appreciated. Tagging me in your stories is also a great way to pass the word and provide me with additional confirmation that the content is landing, at least somewhere. (laughs) And if I'm missing the mark, don't hold back. I want to hear that too. So until next time, don't hesitate to dig in, go deep, and find your magic.